Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. My Cation, Noah Ruben, special guest this week, who is on camera licking the microphone. Christopher Eubanks, hello. Good to see you, man. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Welcome up out of my early. I was going to say, are your eyes open right now? No, barely. He he had to go to sleep because the the Falcons had a really bad day today. You know what? We we can go ahead and speed this process on up, guys. What's going on? How right. that, how's Matt Ryan doing? <laughs> I don't even like football and I get amusement out of this. <laughs> You've never seen me acting this way. You know, it's all right. It's Julio all right. Jones it's just signed right. a new three-year contract extension, which is great, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't help unless somebody can throw the ball to I, him. You know, Mike, Yes. you've always been extremely wise. Yeah. I, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. Yes. Can we go ahead and get this started? Please? Well, go ahead. How do you feel, Noah? Uh, you reached the semifinals last week. You feel good? I got to watch a little bit of it. Yeah, I was playing some big time ball. I, I mean, I, <laughs> my body's in shambles right now. Okay. I found out that the court is actually just asphalt painted, so okay. there's no cushion or anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. for all the work that Noah is doing to kind of enlighten people on the sport of tennis and yes. all we have to go through. When he begins to complain about the surface being not having enough cushion for him, yeah. I think it kind of takes a step back. Because mm. what I'm going to know, I'm going to hear about from my dad, if yeah. he even finds a way to listen to the podcast. Is, yes. Well, when I played growing up, you know, we would go to the park and play basketball in Converse, Chuck Taylors, and rock hard asphalt. And we yeah. Jump. We were banging and we were doing all this other stuff. And then. Did he also push the sled up the mountain in the winter? Is that what he did to get to school or something like that? No. 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 He didn't. Oh, that's the story my parents told me. <laughs> <laughs> so so I just want to keep that in mind. We can go ahead and continue. But uh, just just something you might want to be aware of, you know, oh, when, you, when you're talking that. about, you know, the trials and tribulations of, of being on the pro tour, which there are many. Um, but I would like you to hear the cushion creaking in my body right now and making me feel like I am 84 years old when I am mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. I actually would love to to actually interview an actual 84-year-old and see what they might have to say about those comments, but (laughs) we don't have time for that today. Let's go ahead and get started, gentlemen. You guys have one of the more interesting and unique relationships of any two people. I super happy you didn't call it a friendship, so thank you. Uh, Can you explain it? Because i got to be honest, um, having been around the two of you at times, I I feel extremely awkward around the two of you. Putting it all aside, I actually don't know where it started. I don't don't remember becoming friends. So so, uh, we can just go through the timeline. I think uh, first I knew your mom. Your mother is a lovely lady (laughs) because she works with uh, Lisa Stone and Parenting Aces. Yes. So coming up in Kalamazoo, I think she might have been the first person to come up to me directly at a tennis tournament and ask me for an interview. So I was like, this is Noah Rubin's mom, honestly. I swear <laughs> to you, the first thing I thought. After that, we played a couple years in college. Right. Not going to talk about the results, but it was very uh, it's very business, hmm. business-oriented. Um, and then, from then on, I think it started in, I would say, Champagne. I think we, we held like an actual personal conversation like the day before. I think probably didn't even know the draw was coming out. I don't think you you probably won't remember but we were standing there in between courts one and two sitting on the bleachers and i asked there was another week left i believe champagne wasn't the last week this year and i said oh are you doing anything after this and you laughed and you laughed and you laughed <laughs> <hysterically>. <laughs> <laughs> you said 
the way that I feel right now, I am done after this week. Did he also say he was going to? His body felt like an eighty-four-year-old no, man. No, I think probably then he was probably around seventy-two. Okay, uh, so he's aged gracefully. <laughs> but and we laughed, and so we sat there. It was probably one of our first conversations. I think that might have been a third person there to kind of you know to, to help start the it off. Yeah, to start it off. And then I was like, oh man, this guy's got a pretty good sense of humor. And then we played in the first round. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that result. Um, <laughs> I think you might have been calling that match, Probably. actually. Probably. And uh, played uh, played pre- pretty well. Hadn't played that well against him since, but that day, okay. oh, <laughs> that day was uh, So we're not going to talk about before or after. Let's just stick with champagne. So then I think that's when, uh, when our, our relationship began to blossom. To blossom, and then like there are other people around. We have mutual friends who are closer to... I have mutual friends that are closer to Noah. He has mutual friends that are probably closer to me. Uh, shout out to Nathan Pasha. <laughs> and I think that just being able, being around enough people uh, to have a good conversation and have a good laugh, and, you know, just kind of jump-started it. And, you know, wouldn't have it any other way. Isn't that right, buddy? You see, this is the stuff I, we deal with. <laughs> How condescending. Like, it's a friendship. Is it? It, it has to be because I don't have any other There's ones. There's no other words to describe it. Um, you have had the opportunity over the last year or so to be working with Oracle. Um, can you explain that the, is it technically called a grant, a prize? What is it that they've given you? How did that come about? Uh, so I was given an award called the U.S. Tennis Award, which is given to a male and female college tennis player um, who recently, I believe, who played two years of college and then who made the transition onto the Pro Tour. Um, Oracle stepped in. Not only are they are they bringing tournaments back to the U.S., they, they decided to, you know, try to do this to help American tennis in a different way and kind of help provide them financial support that they otherwise wouldn't have. So um, I believe in the inaugural year, Mackenzie McDonald, Danielle Collins won it. Um, you've seen the great things they've gone on to do. Uh, after the second year, myself and Francesca DiLorenzo, uh, we were the recipients. So it's it a huge honor. Got to go out to India Wells, got to meet Mark Hurd, got to – sit down with Tracy Austin, got to talk about how, how this award in theory changed our lives and changed our careers. Um, and it's been great. It's been great. It's provided us, uh, I would say, I, I speak for everyone who I, who's won the award and say provides us great flexibility, being able to go on tour and being able to, you know, have a lit or pay for our expenses, in which Noah's began to kind of bring a lot of light to the flights, the travel, the coaching. Um, before winning the award, I didn't didn't have a way really or didn't even think about traveling with a full-time coach I was I was more going to kind of uh what we'll kind of just say bum it around Hmm. a little bit and try to you know make enough money to eventually say okay well maybe these certain weeks I'll bring out the bigger events I'll bring a coach on the road Oracle because of the award allows me to have more flexibility with with bringing a coach on the road have a lot more flexibility with taking training weeks um to go to go see uh a different coach or, or or you know just Peace of mind. I think it's the big thing. They've been provide. They provided all of us great peace of mind in knowing that uh, we're going out here on the tour. We're not doing it alone, and I think it's been a big help. Are you? So you know, is it monitored? Are you part of an Oracle team? Are they looking after you? How does it work with the money situation? Um, answer what you can or willing to, but you know, just it's a lot of money. You know, especially for one player. So is this thrown at you all at once? You kind of do what you want with it. Um, are they? You know. 
Are you now part of a team that they try to help you through this process? Because I'm sure they have people that have been around the block a couple of times. You know, what has it been like for you, you know, a couple of years after it? Uh, so there, there is a team. There is a team devoted to helping us in any way uh, that we need. Um, the way that it's done, we have to submit quarterly reports of how we mm-hmm. how the money is being used. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that, I, I, for one, I think it's good even from a player standpoint because it, it get, uh, forces us to have the responsibility to be able to look after our money. It's not just saying we're going to give you a huge chunk of money going about your career. You know, We hope you make it. It's saying, like, no, let's look at the first quarter. Okay, this was – you spent X amount on coaching. You spent X amount on hotel, food, stringing. Um, um, for me, you know, so I – purchase uh, natural gut as well so purchase string you know so it it you kind of categorize these things and, and and are able to see where your money's going and then the oracle team can step in and say would you need any help would you like us to maybe help find a coach would you like mm-hmm. us to maybe help find um maybe different hotels so they, they are more than willing to help i think a lot of the players have kind of taken it upon themselves to say you know what you guys have done enough mm-hmm. I, we greatly appreciate it and, and not in a a rude way to say, you know, we're, we're going to just take your money, but in a way to say, you guys are, are, are doing something not only to help our tennis career, but I think help us grow as people. Because, I mean, I feel like a lot of tennis players um, might not, this is just me assuming, but might not be as keen to look at the look at their books or look at their numbers unless money's tight. Now we're forced, you know, we have a little bit of breathing room and we're still forced to look at ourselves and say, okay, how much did I spend here? Was this a necessary expense? Okay, maybe I should dial it back. Let me submit this quarterly report. Let me each just small things or formulating a, a proper email to send to the team and say, hi, guys, just want to give you guys an update, uh, yada, yada, yada. So I think it's great. I don't think that they're not only just developing us as tennis players and helping us develop as professionals, but just developing us as human beings. Um, but you're needed. And, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrible. I came from nothing. Um, My education. Is not very good. <laughs> Do you feel? Obviously, there are so many positives associated with it. Do you feel it has at any point made you too comfortable in that you are not maybe necessarily as desperate as some other players who need the money from week to week? Ah, uh, that's a that's a good question. Something I've never never really thought about. I've never 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 really tried to do. I mean lack of a better term, I, I don't know the proper term to, to kind of describe what you said, but comparative suffering. Hmm. Never really tried to look at my woes and compare it to, you know, a guy who might be grinding in the, the, the futures in Tunisia and saying, man, you know, I'm I'm worried about, you know, not having a, a coach on the road or, or a physio on the road while there's guys out there who if they lose that match, they can't eat that. I've never really looked at it that way. Hmm. I've just more so looked at it as, you know, let's look at my individual case. How can this money... Uh, best benefit me in my career, and I think um, I think for the most part I've done a, a pretty good job at, at utilizing the money in the, the best ways. You mentioned Oracle and and how they're uh, they just announced in the last week week and a half that they're going to be expanding and, and throwing Tremendous a ton push. of tournaments here throughout the U.S. I know you obviously have great connections with Oracle. My concern. I expressed it on Twitter, is that is this the best way to do it when we have, you know, here we're in Cary as we're recording this. You've got guys five, 600 in the world who are going to be getting into this challenger, and we had Binghamton where guys were able to walk in, sign up. Uh, meanwhile, I look at your example and Mackenzie McDonald. You mentioned Daniel Collins, the fact that there was individual money infused into an individual. How do you think that money should be spent if you were in charge of Oracle right now? It's something I've never 
haven't thought a single time about. Actually, recent thought. I thought about this recently. Yeah. When we've gone into this. Um, sorry to interrupt you, of course. No, I, I mean, I don't really have an answer, <laughs> so I'd love to hear your, your no, side. No, and, you know, of course, with everything that I'm doing, I'm trying to shine a light of – I'm trying to get as many people, you know, that are – making waves in the world of tennis uh, of course i respect that of course i want to have them and and you know be a part of their minds and their thought process but my issue comes and this is a tough statement to say uh, you know and not that it would not a, it's not a publicity stunt but the numbers they're throwing out a hundred thousand dollars you know 25 plus tournaments again i think there's different ways to use this money i think you know a hundred thousand dollars could be four players of 25k i think you know, quality over quantity. I was, I was, you know, we're looking at a lot of these tournaments. And I don't think they're always up to par. You know, talking about you know the certain players that will get in. I think we can make the tournaments we have already a little bit better. And I think you know maybe it's not as flashy for the news lines and all this stuff and and for Oracle. And you know maybe I'm just speaking out of term and it's not what they're actually trying to do. I just think there's definitely more efficient ways to make the circuit we have more enjoyable and more prosperous for the players that are already on it rather than trying to make new waves i mean i don't know if this is any thought you've ever had but this is what i've seen recently you know especially when the 100 came came out i was like that's that's a lot of money and a lot of players a lot of great players are coming out of college i think there's more than a few that could use it so you know maybe spread the wealth a little bit i know 25 25k can only go so far but you know at least starts it's a start somewhere for these players so you know this is what i've been thinking about yeah but also i, I think it would be really good to also to realize that this is what Oracle's third year, um, third year being involved. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see as time goes on, things begin to change. Um, I mean, you might say I'm, I'm fairly biased and I'll, I'll acknowledge it. Uh, but for instance, saying that you think some of the, some of the tournaments could be better. I would agree, but I would also say I think that the things that Oracle, that they can control, their controllables at their events, have been fairly good in comparison to others. I mean, the, the, the for instance, in Houston, you can't really control 40 miles an hour or, or 35 mile an hour winds and, and 50 degrees. That's just something that you can't. Chicago, last year after the Open, really windy conditions. That's just so much that Oracle's going to be able to do. Now, granted, the big pictures, you know, let's use this this great facility, just use Chicago and, and uh, for an example, let's use this brand new facility, multi-million dollar facility. It's going to give us the ability to broadcast these mat- some of the semifinals and finals on tennis channel. It's going to be great for the sport. They, you know, you can't really foresee some of the other things happening. So, I mean, in terms of the their attempt to better their tournaments, I think that that is a process because, I mean, Oracle, the CEO of Oracle, Larry Ellison, has done a great job of, of Making the BNP Paribas Open in India Wells the most probably the most popular tournament on tour. I mean, one of guess. So I'm, I'm sure far. that I'm sure that that mindset is in there as well. But I mean, I'm I'm not really in the in the meeting rooms. I, I think so. I, I don't know what the, the the plan is, the layout, how they really see it see it going. But I mean, being able to grant more college players because the 25 plus tournaments, I believe, believe. Most of them are, are futures. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. So that I believe grants more college guys the ability to play a few professional I events think that's to correct. be able to get ATP points, to be able to do that's this true. and integrate that into their fall schedule, which then could acts as a and it, a it grant in a way. There's a snowball. Yes. Well, not necessarily a grant, but a snowball effect that could happen from 
the best juniors that come over from Europe or come over from Asia to it's, it's play in a college, American college system, to play uh, college tennis, these coaches can now go and say, hey, if you were to come here, you can play. we'll pay for you to play, what, six futures, four, yeah. six, depending on their schedule. You can play, you know, infinite amount of futures in the fall. That, that, and you're going to do that anyway if you go pro. All we ask is that you come in the spring as well and play for the team, and maybe we can throw a couple futures in there. So then I think it not only grows the sport, but also – gives a different light to what college tennis is around the world. These guys who maybe decide, maybe I think I want to go pro, can say, well, if I'm going to play six futures uh, between the span of September and December and get quality training, excuse me, quality training, um, and then get tons and tons of yeah. a free education, tons and tons of match play in the spring, it might be worth checking out college yeah. tennis. So I think it, it, it kind of shifts a little bit. Uh, like I said, this is me going off of what I read haven't spoken to anyone at Oracle about it, except for saying this is incredible. Um, this is really cool to see more tournaments just because when I came out, uh, and it was probably similar to when you came out, the tournaments, futures that we had were in the summer. Yeah. You had the, the the Winston-Salem's, you had Tulsa, you had the Illinois, uh, you had Godfrey, you yeah. had Edwardsville, you had, you know, would you rather go to uh, Edwardsville or go to Malibu to play at 25? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a, no disrespect to Edwardsville, but... No, it's not I, really a big choice, a your, difficult choice. Your your point is absolutely well taken, and I think the fact that we're debating it a little bit is is great. You know, yeah. the fact that there's investment in the sport. I mean, nobody's criticizing Oracle for that whatsoever. No, and, and I, I think, think we, that, we I think it's going to be cool to to see how they learn and expand. As Christopher said, there are so many different options they could go with, and we'll see if this one you know works the way they want it to. Yeah, I just you know. I'm I'm just so concerned because obviously the players haven't had the voice that we sure. wanted in in you know past years. So I'm just hoping and wishing that you know they hear our concerns, that they say that there is a little bit of compromise because they have so much leverage now, and that's just a worry of mine. When I, when an organization has so much leverage, and of course we can't put them down because they're making tremendous leaps in a sport that we haven't had leaps before. But I just want to make sure that they understand, you know, a lot of things that we deal with as tennis players, I want to show that, you know, I want them to show just a little bit of care in that. And they are just want to see that, you know, all the money, all the effort, all the staff and support system. It's just in a, in a place of, of care and concern and, and that they, they want to see the sport grow for the players, not just for themselves. Yeah, but uh, to that point, to, to see, you know, to offer the opinion or your opinion on how to better allocate the funds, whether that's with tournaments, whether that's bettering the tournaments that are already there, I think it would be good to express those opinions to people at Oracle outside of just their events. So I think this mm. is great because now this gets people talking. Correct. And now we're sitting here um, talking about it right now. I think it might, you know, grant I, I wouldn't be, I don't think the, the best one to go and say just kind of offer my suggestions on how to better it uh just because you know these are things that i haven't really thought about um but i think you would be a perfect you'd be a perfect candidate to go and maybe he sit down with some of the people yeah you know that, that's kind of yeah, you know it's just everything especially when just, i'm heated after a match they don't want that every, either everything's very aggressive and you know just just, just you know it comes from a place really of annoying. love though you know this uh, <laughs> 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 Okay, buddy. All right. All right. But, uh, but yeah, I think it starts the conversation to say, hey, you know, would you guys be up for maybe a call? I'd love to. You know, I've played in what? How many Oracle Challenges have you played in now? 
probably almost everyone they've had, I would guess. Except for Houston. Except for Houston last yes. year. Yes. You say I've kind of seen some things. I'm on this this uh, this, <laughs> this pilgrimage to, <laughs> to to better the sport of tennis as a whole, and I'm willing to to I would love the opportunity to be able to maybe just sit down and talk and offer some suggestions on things that I have. And I'm it, everyone that I've dealt with at Oracle has been very welcoming, very warm very understanding i'm sure they'd love to sit down and no talk they're highly them. intelligent people and i've you know i've spoken to them at tournaments obviously sometimes have been more heated than others and it's tough to get the point across and but I, I think that yeah that's just because you are a bit of a um, yeah we don't yeah. have to do this but okay. you know definitely outside the tournament i think i think it's a must and again i know these i'm not gonna say you know this organization is going to be around for a long time yep. i think they're going to have a tremendous effect in the world of tennis you know in a year and in 10 years from now and i think you know the waves are insane so i think if we if we can all get on the same page and if they are on the page of the player and we can maybe have that you know that support of that organization you know can only be great stuff well you posted recently uh on on the gram <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm old it's okay just uh, let, it, let it be yeah this is what i deal with oh, goodness. you were changing and, and showing the different looks the one-hander the two-hander on the backhand wing. Are you actually thinking of changing? Well, you know, we're here on the coffee cast. My, I can't divulge all my secrets. Something's got to be left up to them. Hey, listen, I didn't so, ask. Are you changing today? Is it in the in the thought process of that's eh, possibility? Is, is it in my head? Is yes. that what you're asking, Mike? There are a lot of things in my head. I understand that. There, and there, especially in the world of a tennis player, anything can happen in November. You have, anything can happen. Anything can happen when you <laughs> take that flight to Champaign, Illinois. It's a, it's a very, very happy place. And it starts snowing and it's below freezing. You're like, oh, it's fine. two hands is probably good for today. You know what? Let's just figure it out. Let's just do it. Hey, win on the day. It's all you just have to be the best player. Or better than your opponent on that day. Win the last point. They don't like a two-hand backhand. <laughs> you want to know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> Probably keep hitting a one-hand. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, just kind of just messing around in practice, having a little bit of fun. I grew up two hands on both sides, so yeah. I, if I can, if I hit with a lefty forehand, yeah, I hit the ball fairly clean, uh, and it surprises a lot of people. It's something about when the right hand gets on there, hmm. I, I, it, it's very awkward for me. Now I can watch a two hand, and I, technically I can go through it, and 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 just look like I know what I'm doing. But that that video that you saw took a few takes. There was uh, <laughs> there were a lot there were a lot of actually looked pretty clean to be honest. There were a lot of a uh, lot of top outs, um, a lot of catching it just a little bit off. But I mean, if I go lefty for it, it, it's pretty clean, simple take back and go through. That's fine. But when that right hand gets on it, it's trouble. So we'll uh, we'll reevaluate at the end of the year and kind of figure it out from there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So you two, here we are, second week of September. We have just finished the last major of the year. Um, there are no more master series that you guys are going to be attending for the rest of the year. Oh, thanks nice for that. to see that Mike has confidence <laughs> in us to make pairs. Okay, I'm just going to say, so... Next gen? <laughs> <laughs> 
how do you approach the last three months? You both just said anything can happen in November in Champaign. How do you deal with the last three months? You know, I'm going to defer to the veteran here. <laughs> Mike and I talk about this all the time, and I'm sure you've gotten this before from your non-ish tennis friends that say, oh, U.S. Open's done. Season's over, right? Like, you guys no, are... No, I've actually never had that. You never had that? Never had that, no. Really? No, because I've always told my friends, like, the tennis season is year-round. Okay, then not your closest friend. You've never gotten this in your life. No, I've never gotten this. Oh, the U.S. Open is done, so you're done with tennis. No, you just... Well, the season's very, done. You know, you're around some very different people. Go right ahead. Well, I have. Okay. I've gotten this, okay. where they think... New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in New York, it's the U.S. Open. That's all that's that it. matters. That's, that's it. Yeah. Why would you care about anything else? But I've gotten this before. And I always have to explain that we have three more months left to the tennis season. And I've always found it fairly difficult, whether I needed three days off or a week off after the Open to recoup and get ready for what I like to say is almost another season within itself. You know, you know, for us, it's coming up on the indoor season, you know, Cali tournaments, the indoor season. Um, but, you know, mentally, players can be in any state of mind throughout those tournaments and Especially Honestly. when you've lost as many six on the thirds this year as I have. Good <laughs> God. Ooh, it'll do it to you. So what do you do? I mean, I, I know it's only been a few years for you on tour, but... One and a half, but go right ahead. So is this your second post-U.S. Open? It'll be a yes. yes. Okay. So how did last year go for you, post-U.S. Open, and how are you going to see change, or how would you like to, you know, move forward? For these next three months, uh, I'd, I'd like to to put together, <laughs> you know, more than two wins in a row in a week. I think would be a good first step. I mean, obviously, especially at the end of the year for me with the indoor season coming up, being able to do well and hopefully, you know, putting myself in a good position with the Australian Open wildcard with the point race, points race that goes on. Um, but uh, honestly, it's not even so much about that. It, for me, it's just I kind of want to, I, I want to put together a really good week where I feel like I can take a title. That, that's kind of my goal going into it. I'm planning it out and I'm saying, okay, the, the year has been okay. I've had, I've played some, some tough matches. I've lost a lot of tough matches. Um, but as quickly as those matches are consistently going against you, they can start going in your favor. So just trying to keep a positive mindset um, and, and realizing I'm losing a lot of matches in three sets, losing a lot of matches in third set breakers. That, that, that's, some can look at that and say that's a positive sign. You're there. They're, they're, it's not a. I'm not having the problem of going out losing a two and three or a three and three. The, those aren't becoming few and far between. Uh, but being able to say okay, keeping the positive mindset and saying all right, we need to put together. We need to put together some weeks. We need to put some matches together. We need to go out here. We need to have a, a different level of focus than we've had. This might be a time that a lot of guys uh, mentally, when they're beginning to wane, and being able to say you know, complaining about you know having to switch different type of balls at, at different tournaments or, or <laughs> Noah, but, um, or the courts not yeah, being those pens. soft, and, soft yeah. and cushioned, just how he likes it. Yeah. Um, Some of us play more than three shots during a rally. So, well, you know what? That's a personal choice. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> really? I think God good, gave me my height, that's though. That's decision. Well, you know, we're not going to get into theological debate here. We're going to just no go let's. you've made that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we can start this all over. <laughs> you have made a choice to uh, hit more than three shots. I have made the exact opposite choices. Um, so, but you know, Mike, that's that's out center. This more to that that's using others' mental weakness 
as a motivate mo- motivation for me hmm. to say that you know what I, I need to put together some wins if I keep if I'm able to stay sane enough and keep a positive mindset and stay strong enough um, hopefully that that'll come if it doesn't we go into the off season we regroup we we get better we get physically we get in better shape we get stronger and then we tackle 2020 um but as of right now it's just kind of saying keeping every week it's like all right this could be the week this could be the week and, and in tennis is what no one knows it you know it you've been around enough one week can kind of change the entire trajectory of a year and change your entire perspective like perception of how good of a year you had you know if you go through you take two say two titles at the end of the year you start looking back and say, man, 2019 was a good year, but in actuality, it wasn't. Right. <laughs> you look at it in a, in a bigger picture, but that's just kind of how it works. That's, 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 how, that's how the game we play, that's how it works, and that's how we, we know we have to tackle it. So that's kind of just how I look at it. I go into each of these weeks, and I say, all right, this could be the week. Put together some good wins. You serve well. You, you bluff some returns in the court. You catch a mentally fragile Noah Rubin, and you say, you know what, this day. is a <laughs> given day. And you say, you know what, let me capitalize on it and, and, and try to go from there. But, I mean, is this a push for you? I mean, the, the season's long. I mean, that, yeah. that's it. Is this, you know, are you feeling okay right now? Is this a push for you? I mean, coming from college, it's it's a different beast to this is now your second year. You're somewhat experienced in this world. I mean, are you consciously telling yourself, you know, we're okay, just keep pushing? Or yeah. you're like, I'm yeah, in a yeah, pretty good to, state. You, ha- you have to. Um, I've, I've, I've in recent I mean, just pretty much this year, I've kind of surrounded myself around a lot of a lot of people who have a different, I guess, a perception than I have. So, like for instance, Coco Golf. I'm just going to use her as an example. Her her mentality is something unlike I've ever seen, even and especially from a 15 year old. She genuinely knows and has like she when she steps on the court, she's out there to win. She's not out there to put on a good show. She goes into a tournament. She said when she went to Wimbledon, her intention, even in qualities, was to win the tournament. That's not a joke. So I, I'm slowly trying to adapt some of that and saying, okay, this is what it takes. You have to have a different level mentality. So that, that's kind of what I'm trying to, on a much smaller scale, I'm in the carry challenger. She's third round Wimbledon U.S. Open. so Or fourth round Wimbledon, I'm sorry. We still love you, Chris. Sorry, Coco. Uh, fourth round Wimbledon and, and third round the U.S. Open. But being able to take that mentality to the carry challenger, to the Tiburon challenger, to uh, – Fairfield to Champaign, Charlottesville. If I take that mentality, I think at some point the good the good things are going to happen, and I just have to continue to continue to do my best to make it happen. As we wrap up here, you, you talk about surrounding yourself with the right people. Why the fuck are you hanging out with him at all? Well, this is a it's he likes me. It's very complex. <laughs> he likes me. It's, it's, Come it's on, very, very Come complex. on, tell the people. So. If, if we go back in history, yeah, oh, and we look, how far Please are we? Please don't go so back. We've done hey, hey, neither of us hey, have done hey, well in history. Hey, are we talking like now. 1619 hey, now, project, hey, or hey now, I think he's a good guy. Okay, as much as it pains <laughs> me to say it, I was trying to think of the best way to dance around that question and give just an off the wall answer that have your viewers wondering, like, is he okay? Like he talked about staying mentally strong. He doesn't really doesn't sound like it. But at the end of the day. I'll just give my honest opinion. I think Noah Rubin's a good guy. Um, can be a little bit of an, of an uh, no, he's a good guy. Not going <laughs> to give me. Can't. I'll, I'll just tell Come you. On. I'll tell you when more. we go off there. No, 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 no. I'll tell you how I feel when we go off there. Don't worry. <laughs> I think I know already. Uh, I think we do. Oh, you're about to find out in about, about <laughs> 30 seconds. Woke me out of my nap to come to this. Let's, let's go. Let's finish it. Let's go, guys. Don't worry. We'll tweet out what he says after. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right, Ben Rothenberg.
I mean, you've already called me a dark <laughs> on several occasions, I believe. No, I called you a snitch. A snitch. You a no, snitch. you're right. You're right. I called you a snitch. You're right. I mean, you're sitting here. You're out here fighting. You're, you're doing your best to, you know, put food on your table. And all of a sudden, you say some things you might not be proud of, might not want your mother to hear on court when, by a microphone, and no one hears it. You know who, but you know who does hear it? Mike Cation hears it. Not only does he hear it, he makes sure to tweet it. Shout out to Tanasi Kakanakis. Make sure to tweet it so that everyone in the world can know exactly what you said at that moment, even though the ref didn't hear it. Nice. And then that you then could the lead to problems and fine, and so well, hey, you ain't lied about that. <laughs> Go Falcons. That's going to do it for another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, <laughs> powered by Behind the Racket. Wow, that was close. <laughs> that is a rock hard candle. <laughs> Bye. The Coffee Cast is brought to you by New Balance. Go visit newbalance.com to check out all the latest fashions from New Balance, including those inspired by Coco Golf. A really coming, nice outfit, Chris. Chris. With the tennis courts on it. Well, Noah, this has been fun. I have a candle from my <laughs> hotel room now. Um, I mean, no, yeah. no, that you know, it's great having Chris on. He actually articulates himself extremely well, and I do consider him a close friend of mine. So, I mean, we definitely need more of those. We're going to try to talk to a double specialist at some point later this week Needed. as well. Um, until then. Get in touch with Noah at NoahRubin33, me at Mike C. Tennis. I think still listening, so <laughs> tweet him if you need to. Anything you want to say? Is, I, like, I'm going to hit stop otherwise. Last, last thing. I forgot his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so for Christopher Eubanks, Noah Rubin, I'm Mike Cation signing off. You've been listening to the Coffee Cast with Cation Rubin, powered by Behind the Racket. <laughs>